Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. A what's happening? Ah, a Megan V. Stallion reference. What's happening? Hey, what's happening? It's been around a long time. It's just been brought back up again in the Savage remix. And Savage is what I will call that. Savage. Very bougie. Good for you. Thank you. I'm feeling fancy today, so it's not savage. It's savage. Are you hacking stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of hacking stupid and Megan the Stallion, what's going on with people trying to, I I guess, impersonate moves they've seen or create their own moves? It's TikTok. TikTok is injuring people more than the Tide Pod shit that went down. It's insane. People are like spraining their ankle trying to come up with the WAP dance. WAP. I think everybody knows by now there's a new song out by Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. It's it. called WAP. Uh-huh. And Don't say it. It's an acronym. It's Google an acronym. It. <laughs> Don't say it. Really? I, I can't. It's so but people are wondering. You're actually going to make them Google it yes. when I could just say it. You could figure think- it out. Wet ass and then blank. It's that word. I just don't like it. I don't it like it. It starts with a P. Yeah, I don't like it in the in this context of this podcast. Don't like it. It's funny. VP. I'll say all kinds of words. I'll Word. say all kinds of words. That's one that I won't say. I don't think you'll ever catch me saying on the podcast. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. What's your problem? You want to challenge have such a me? problem with you, that word? You want to challenge me, don't you? I'm not trying to challenge <laughs> you. I'm just wondering why you don't like the P word. I don't like other... Because that's what the song is. Wet ass P word. Yeah, I know. I don't like... Like you saying it will make me... Friggin' cringe. There's certain places in the world you can say that word and it's fine. Uh, that, but it, I don't like this pie. It's out for the podcast for me. Nope, not saying it. And on that note, hello everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of After Nine. Dick, in shit, case fuck balls. I can no problems. No problems. Are you referring to balls as a bad word? I don't think balls actually it's is a not bad a bad word. word. No, not really. They're beautiful. Testies, testies <laughs> is fine. <laughs> Some people hate that. Like, there's certain words, right, that just get people that people just don't like. Like, moist. Labia is mine. I hate that oh, word. Oh, labia. Or oh, are you afraid Ugh. of the female body? Like, that's an actual word, though. That's an actual, like, medical term. You're such a there. bitch. I am not afraid of the female body. You're just stirring up shit. I'm not afraid of the female body. I just don't like that word, labia. <laughs> In the same way that some people don't like. Uh, testicles and everybody's got a word that they just don't like secretion you don't like moist no i actually don't care no i i do i don't mind moist moist doesn't bother me at all i i love a good moist uh decadent dessert that's no problem that doesn't bother me at all moist does i actually doesn't bother me at all what about a moist turkey that's fine. I don't care. Moist is a fine word. I don't know why people freak out about moist. And some people freak out about panties, which is another one that I don't understand. What's There's, wrong with panties? I, some people don't like it. I know. Some people don't like the word panties. 
Wow, this is really weird. All right, I'm learning a lot here. We I haven't know. even done the introduction but, completely yet. Labia, uh, we were off I yesterday. Know. We're off Mondays in 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 August. You'll you'll miss this labia talk when we're gone, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you'll miss this when we're off. You'll go. No, remember that time Fuck. Scott and I were talking about labias on a new podcast? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh did you have a good long weekend i did i did have a good long weekend i had like some family stuff uh, my nephew's first birthday and then i went out to vita which i'm pretty i think we've talked about vita on the podcast anyway it is actually uh we gave away gift cards uh, to vita and we kept talking about vita a new place in in kitchener kept talking about the spot and i'd been to the restaurant that used to be there may it rest in peace fork and cork um so I was really curious to check out Vita. So I went with Leanne, you know, my sister-in-law, Leanne. She's a beauty. She's great. She's a good time. So I brought her with me and we crushed the drink menu, like almost the whole thing. And I thought I was going to treat myself. That was a cheat night for me. So I did uh, Bell Drops. I could have drank uh-huh. Bell Drops all night. What is a Bell Drop? I've never heard of that. So a Bell Drop is Belvedere, Triple Sec, there's a little lemon juice. There's other stuff in it, but I know it's a lot. It's heavy on the Belvedere because I was almost on the floor. Um, and it's just very refreshing. I found it to be a pretty light citrusy drink, and I do enjoy that. Served in a chilled martini glass. Um, she ordered a burnt old-fashioned, and they use dry ice. It's a whole presentation. They bring it over. They remove this glass lid off the top of the serving dish and dry ice. It's it's smoky and delicious. Um, she enjoyed those. Uh, got a nice charcuterie board as an app. Had some cauliflower bites. So good. Uh, yeah, it was really, really delightful. Okay, very nice. That's funny that you did that. I'll tell you a quick story about Vita. Um, you went <laughs> and had a good time. Good for you. I tried to go because they're one of the sponsors on our FM radio show. So I tried to go and I filled out the online form for a reservation. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't use my real name for a rezo. Sometimes I don't want people to know that I'm coming. But in this case, I did. So I filled it out. Scott Fox. Email address Scott at 915thebeat.com. Okay, great. I thought oh, this won't be a problem. Walk in the park. They wrote me back and said, oh, I'm sorry, we're full. We can fit you in at nine. Yeah. Wait, did what? You, what? So when the, did you the, do- the reason this is funny is they didn't do anything wrong. I get that restaurants have a certain capacity, which is now restricted in the pandemic. That's right. I get it. And they're a popular spot. It was my naivety that expected I could just get a reservation on short notice. However, it's kind of funny that I did 20 years of Toronto radio, fifth biggest market in North America, and never once did I ever have a problem getting a table at a restaurant that I wanted to go to. I moved to a smaller market. Boom. Yeah, sorry. You can come at nine. That's it. No, it is what? different now, right? And they've had to space out their tables. Inside, by the way, is not that big. It's it's actually like a pretty small space. But their chef, and I wish that I had found out more about the chef because it really was fantastic. I think they stole the chef from somewhere else. Uh, and the food, it's Italian, by the way, um, for those that are wondering what kind of food. I'm not much of a foodie. I'm the worst. But Scott knows the menu by heart by now, I think. But it's fantastic, but a small spot. And the outdoor patio area now obviously makes it bigger and gives more seating. But because they have to space everything out, it, it is tight in there. Honestly, I, I went in and I accidentally reserved for Sunday. And I meant to reserve for Saturday. 
So thankfully, the manager was there and he was like, don't even worry about it. Got us some shots, too. So thank you so much, Giuseppe. Really nice guy. The place is booming. Like, that place gets crazy. It really does fill up quick. Like, when we were leaving, because we sat at, like, 7, I think we left at, like, 9, and it was just popping. Like, people were pulling up. It was insane. I, I And I watched some guy drive right over a... <laughs> I think... I don't know if he was impaired or not. I think he was just one of the types that doesn't give a shit. But he rolled right over a pylon like that was right there. <laughs> bright and orange. And all you heard... And the whole place was outside, right? Like, the whole place was brought outside to the parking lot, basically. Because that's the way a lot of restaurants are set up. All you hear is this truck pull up, blaring music, and a big pop. He gets out of the truck, l- looks at it, and I'm like, you. <laughs> I was standing outside at the time waiting for our ride. I was like, oh, you kind of missed that there. He's like, I don't fucking care. And he- <laughs> <laughs> what a mess. It was great. It was fantastic. Great. Uh, you know, I'll do a quick mention too. I was at uh, Villaggio in Kleinberg on the weekend. A fabulous Italian restaurant. They uh, they do everything they do really, really well. As you know, my girlfriend's Italian, and I never used to really go to Italian restaurants. I was more of like a steakhouse kind of guy or fusion-type restaurants. Now all I want is Italian, and I, I'm almost wondering, is that like cultural appropriation? Is it wrong that I keep dragging my Italian girlfriend to Italian restaurants? I don't know, but there's nothing wrong with Bellagio. In fact, the chef came out and talked to us and made us a fantastic dish. Um, a special handmade gnocchi, and uh, oh, he made us um, zucchini flour pizza. Okay, zucchini flour pizza. I've never had that before. I feel oh, like it was pretty damn. That good. sounds like keto friendly. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it, it didn't have a lot of, it didn't have any sauce on it. It was just a really well-made wow. crust with zucchini flowers, a little bit of uh, cheese, and a couple other things. Um, it was good. It was very, very well done. Villaggio and Kleinberg. I don't need to tell you much more about it because I think everybody knows where it is. In fact, I posted on Instagram that I was there because I was impressed with the food. And it's remarkable how many people wrote back and, or commented and said, this is my favorite restaurant. My oh, cool. favorite spot. Good. It's good. Okay. Uh, a couple things here. Uh, remind me, I want to talk about that shithead that just quit yesterday. So we'll get to that in just a sec. Okay. Uh, by shithead, I mean the former finance minister. Yes, I said it. But first, in Milton, my hood, we have a jail here. The Milton Hilton. It's the uh, Maplehurst <laughs> Correctional. the best nickname ever. <laughs> <laughs> The Maplehurst Correctional Center. Police, again, are having to look for a suspect that the jail staff mistakenly released. How does this keep happening? Mm -hmm. That's not even the first time recently. How did they mistakenly release? Did they give details this time around? Nothing so far. Oh, come on. This is the part that pisses me off. You you explain to me exactly how this kind of shit happens. I want to know details on how you fuck that up so bad. Seriously, how do you screw that up that badly? The wrong guy got out. And I don't know, like maybe you were letting some guy out who's serving a a three-day sentence for, I don't know, mischief. Maybe he uh, spray-painted some graffiti somewhere he shouldn't have. Or maybe you let out a killer. Like, what happened? Mm -hmm. Who is this person that you let out? And how did it happen? I don't get it, but it's messed up. And if you're that prisoner, like when the, the boss is at the warden, not, maybe I watch too many prison TV shows. I don't even know. But when the warden says, you, come on, get your shit, you're getting out of here. And you know you're not supposed to be released? Do you correct them? Mm. Do you say, mm, I think you might have made a mistake. In Double this check your case, paperwork. no. <laughs> no, this person didn't. They just took a flyer. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Sure. But I don't know what I would do. 
If I knew I was supposed – maybe I would just assume, well, he must know what he's talking about. He's the, the main guy. Who am I to argue? So you get out. You get that little taste of freedom. There's a McDonald's across the street. Probably went and grabbed a Big Mac or something like that. And then you find out the cops are looking for you, and it was all a mistake. I almost think maybe they should just let you loose. Now nah, we fucked up. So fine. You're free. Maybe that's how it should work. I don't know. But it's messed up that these prisoners keep mistakenly being released. I, I don't understand that. Uh, let's see here. Nope, nope. We're not going to do the shithead yet. We'll do that in just a sec. <laughs> Stay tuned for more shithead news coming up. No, you know what? We'll do it right now. Because there's people out there that watched Bill Morneau, Finance Minister of Canada, step down last night. He's resigning because he wants to go and be the head of whatever financial world organization it is. He wants to be the chairman of the board. By the way, you have to apply for that job. It's not a guarantee he'll get it. And that's all well and good. That's going to be his cover story. Oh, no, you know, I decided I wasn't going to run in the next election anyway. And, you know, Canada's, uh, we're into the recovery now, so I should let somebody else who's more committed take over this role. You asshole, Morneau. You lied as you were quitting. You are that committed. To this prime minister that you lied on the way out the door when this was your chance. You're getting out of politics. This was your chance to do the right thing and call out the prime minister. You're losing your job and he did the exact same thing but isn't losing his. This is another cabinet minister that's falling on the sword to protect Justin Trudeau. Like, is it when you get elected as a liberal, and you get sworn into cabinet, do you like instantly have to go and, and take some nudes or something and give them to Justin so that he's got something over you? How does this keep happening? Look at the, Jane Philpott, Jody Wilson-Raybould. The list goes on and on and on of ministers that have fallen because of Trudeau scandals. But I mean, if Trudeau, do, like, if Trudeau did really did something wrong here, let's say, then he'll he'll have to face his own. Like Bill Morneau leaving doesn't change the fact that Justin eyes are on Justin Trudeau, no? Or do you think that because he's leaving, that'll just salvage that whole thing and everything will be fine and dandy again? This is page one of the political scandal playbook. You got to find somebody to take the fall or you need a distraction. So in in this case, Trudeau did the exact same thing as, as Morneau, but Trudeau couldn't fire Morneau or he'd have to fire himself. So they came up with this cover story basically saying, ah, Bill, sorry, you're going to be the guy. You got to go. You know, you shouldn't have taken that travel. You should have told us well before the day you testified in front of the House Finance Committee uh, that you just repaid $41,000 in travel that you forgot about. You you should have told us sooner. So you're going to be the guy. See you later. Don't let the door uh, slam or hit you in the ass on the way out. Trudeau is going to let him go. Like that on the guise of he wants a different job so that he doesn't have to fire him because if he fires him, he'd have to fire himself. So Trudeau is uh, is still the prime minister. He's hoping this will go away because Morneau is gone. <sighs> All right, fine. I don't know if the problem's really solved here. I, I think everybody understands that this third ethics investigation into the prime minister is probably going to come back with another guilty because he's already admitted he did it. He's already said, what happened, yeah, I know, though? I should have recused myself. Well, nothing happens. This is the problem. We've got ethics laws that don't actually do anything. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's kind of pointless. Like, I don't know, I feel like it's a waste of breath to, like, go so hard on it when it, you, like, I think we all know nothing's going to come of this. But I think when you're talking about ethics, 
These are actual ethics that you expect our politicians to have, but they didn't. And that's why we needed to create laws for the politicians to govern their ethics. Ethics would dictate that if you violate the code of ethics, you should probably do the ethical thing and step down. But no. Well, Morneau did. Give it to Morneau. He's gone, and that's probably the right move. I just don't, I hate that he lied on the way out. Oh, it's because I want another job. You mean to tell me you were the finance minister of a G7 country in the middle of a global pandemic and the worst financial situation since the Great Depression and thought, nah, kind of bored. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is not a challenge for me. I'm out. That's uh, just not even realistic. It's not even plausible. Could, could it be possible that dealing with all of this, like obviously he did wrong, do, there's wrongdoings, but dealing with all of it, I mean, there's a next level of stress. Like, I mean, you mentioned it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's piece of shit time to be trying to have any type of organization and for an entire country. Maybe it was too stressful for him too. There could be a, a lot of other factors at play. I know the coincidence would be crazy, but uh, actually, uh, you know, who knows? I have a slightly different theory. I think it's probably more that, and, and this is admirable, I think he's trying to protect his family. Because every time the more no thing gets brought up, it gets pointed out to everybody that his daughters work for the company. Yeah. And, and every time we or his kids get brought up, it probably hurts a little bit. I mean, hey, I, I can do whatever I want, but I certainly want my, wouldn't want my kids to have to face the repercussions of of what I did. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, for Morneau, he certainly wasn't our best finance minister ever. I'm not going to miss him. I think it's good that he's stepped down. Uh, I, I just don't like the lie that he told on the way out the door that I've just got other interests right now. Yeah. If you're uh, at least try and make it plausible, you know, say you're uh, you want to spend more. You, you want to build a cottage on on Lake Simcoe. That I could understand. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he just wants to get into construction. He's retiring from politics. He's not even retiring from politics. He wants a different job in politics. Yeah. The whole thing is crazy. But uh, Christian Freeland is going to be sworn in today as the new finance minister. First woman finance minister in Canada. Right on. Yeah. I worry about Christian. I like Christian Freeland. I know that that's not a popular thing to say uh, around some people. Uh, I do happen to like her a lot, though. And and one thing I will say is I'm a little worried about her because taking over the finance portfolio in the middle of a pandemic with 10 times more debt than the record high debt previous to the pandemic, that's a tall order. No matter what she does, the books are not going to be good. And I just don't want her to get shit on because she's basically inheriting the mess that we got left in now. Mm-hmm. And, and that we blame on the, the pandemic. We don't necessarily blame that on Morneau or Trudeau. They probably did what they had to do. But nonetheless, Christian's inheriting an impossible situation. I don't know how she's going to do with this. Uh, hopefully it goes well. She's probably the busiest woman in the country right now because she is doing three portfolios. I don't know if she's going to stay on as deputy prime minister, but a little added bonus for Trudeau is he doesn't like that there's another minister that all the conservative premiers really like. I mean, if Jason Kenney in Alberta and Doug Ford in Ontario really like Christian Freeland, which they've said they do, they get along with her on a personal level, not just a professional. And then you've got the public saying Justin should step down because we've got Christian right there and she can slide into the job. I don't think Justin likes that there's somebody ready to take the reins on the drop of a hat. 
So maybe he did need to knock her down a couple of pegs. Maybe he doesn't want her to be as popular as she is. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a theory that I've got. But there might be something. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To it. Um, a couple of quick stories that we'll do here and then I want to get to uh, <laughs> back to school busing. <laughs> oh, God. Do, do we dare? Is there a TV show that you like so much you would get the show tattooed on you? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so. A Simpsons fan set a world record with 203 character tattoos on his body. It cost him uh, about $9,000 US. Yeah. Really? You spent that much money getting tatted up with all Simpsons tattoos? Yeah. I mean, they're really well done, though. He did a big search to try to find the best tattoo artist for this gig, because obviously when you have something in in particular in mind, like The Simpsons, you don't want to get a butchered Homer Simpson face. You don't want to get a mangled Bart tattooed on your body. You want someone who could legitimately tattoo that and let it be, let there be no mistake that that is The Simpsons and nothing, nothing else. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible the lengths this particular guy went to. It's insane. Like, his whole body is covered. I just don't think there's a... Maybe The Sopranos. The Sopranos is pretty much my favorite show of all time. Would you get Tony's face? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I mean, I like a TV show. I don't know if it necessarily means I want the entire cast tattooed on my body 203 times. It's hard to say. Uh, I'm hearing conflicting stories about the relaunch of Payless Shoes. Payless is reopening, everybody. Yeah. Physical stores in 2021, but for now, for back to school, it's just an online system. Payless.com. And I thought, okay, that's cool. If we can get over the whole, no, I need to try it on before I buy it thing. There's a lot of things that you can order online, but people won't because they want to actually buy it in store and feel it, touch it, try it on before they take it home. Okay, fine. To each their own. In this particular case, though, somebody told me this morning on Facebook that they won't be shipping to Canada. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. What a letdown. You know, I have, uh, there's I always have a feeling whenever a story like this comes out, it's it's excluding Canada. Canada, you're out. Well, we still have Just Fab, which you can buy cheap shoes online through. I've never even heard of Just Fab. You've never heard of Just Fab. Maybe well, maybe you're not the prime. You're not the prime uh, target. But uh, yeah, JustFab.ca is a website you can go to. It's like decent price shoes. I've heard some good things. Some of my friends do it. They'll actually set you up with somebody online that will help find the best kind of styles for you. And they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shoe styles on there. Well, Payless was great because they had the BOGO. And the BOGO was always good because you could go in there and get a pair of shoes for, I don't know, what, 30, 40 bucks. And then you can get the second pair for half off, and that's where you can get something maybe a little less your style, a little more um, unusual, or a little more disposable. Uh, lots of people will go to like a Payless and get themselves a cheap pair of shoes to take on their 
Caribbean vacation. Because who gives a shit if they get scuffed up from the seats on the planes or walking in the sand? It doesn't matter because you only paid like 15 bucks for them. That was what Payless was great for. There's also a lot of people who just have kids whose feet grow like weeds. And it was just a lot cheaper to do the BOGO at Payless. You get a size 8 today and a size 9 today. And by the time the 8 doesn't fit, you've got the 9 right there and ready to go. And you saved a little bit of money. I'm glad they're reopening. It seems like they provided a pretty good service in the cheap shoes area. But if they're not going to ship to Canada, what's the point? We had Payless shoe stores here. Why would they exclude Canada from their marketing? Maybe they're going to open a payless.ca or something like that. <gasps> Maybe that's it. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. I hope they do reopen. It's hard. Shoes online is hard. I, I mean, I wouldn't venture into that. Nope. Let's do a quick congratulations here to our esteemed colleague, David Blizzard, who got married on Saturday. He's a hitched man. Yeah, uh, Dave got married. He is, has been a guest on this podcast many times. I worked with Dave. He was one of my co-hosts for many years. I think everybody knows the story. Uh, he got married during a pandemic. And initial uh, Saturday, by the way, was the anniversary of the day they met. That's why they wanted to get married on August 15th. They moved their wedding initially when the pandemic broke out and they found out they couldn't have a gathering indoors. And then they thought, well, we don't know if there's going to be a second wave or anything like that. So there's no point in moving it. Let's just get married. But let's do it on a smaller scale outdoors on the date we wanted. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So instead of having two, three hundred people at the wedding or however many they were going to have, they had 50 people. Okay, that's great. But I got hurt at the frickin wedding. What'd you do? Okay. Well, number one, he stabbed me in the nipple by trying to put the the boot and ear thingy on me. (laughs) In his defense, he probably doesn't do that often. (laughs) No. Well, this is not a a job that men are necessarily uh, taught to do. It's supposed to be self-explanatory. But when you give me a straight pin, but a crooked flower... And it's got to go on the lapel. How the fuck am I supposed to figure that out? Can I just say I didn't know that that was a job to, to be done between the groom and the best man. I didn't. I didn't know that. I really didn't. That sounds like a prom thing to me. But that's adorable. I love it. It's not adorable in a gay it's way. It's so. Or it's adorable in a bestie's way. It's cute. Well, who else would do it? He can't put his own boutonniere on. I can't put my own on. Why? Because Why? it looks stupid. You're going to be hunched up, and you're going to. It's going to look dumb. That's why. All right. I don't know. It's just easier if somebody else does it. So I put his on. He put mine oh, it's on. Cute. It's cute. We were good to go. But that's not actually how I got hurt. So because they did it in her parents' backyard, they had to use the space. And they had a lot of chairs set up so that people could sit and watch the ceremony. Good. And they got married in front of the shed. But they set up this little trellis with flowers on it. It looked very, very nice. But in order for me... To be in some pictures, but not in all the pictures. They didn't want me in just the pictures of them and the officiant. I had to stand at a certain angle. Well, that angle had me in the mulch of the garden outside the shed. <laughs> You're just like a gnome. You're like a in fucking, shoes that I paid like way too fucking... much for because there was no pay less. <laughs> you look like a fucking garden gnome, no doubt. Great. Basically. So I'm standing there, but they had these nice decorative rocks in there. Nice. My problem being is that they had also watered the garden. So the rocks and the mulch was a little slippery. And as I went to move to go and sign as a witness, my foot slipped a little bit. And I think I twisted my knee and I could barely walk for the rest of the fucking day. <laughs> that's, that's good. Injured at an outdoor wedding. Uh. Anyway, it was a very nice day, though. Uh, for those who are doing that same thing, saying... 
COVID's not going to stop our special day. We'd like to be married, and we're going to do it no matter what. And if that means we can't have the big reception right now, no big deal. We want to be married. If you're in that mm-hmm. boat, bravo. Good Congratulations. Yeah. I think that's great. There's a lot of people who just can't envision getting married without that big princess or prince-type Disney wedding. And Okay. I mean, that's not for everybody, though, and they were quite happy to just tie the knot and say, I do. And they did, which is good. Finally, uh, school boards are starting to release their back-to-school bus plans for this year. I'll tell you what's going on here in Waterloo Region. It's very similar to most of the other regions in Ontario. First off, parents need to assess their kids before they get on the bus. And if the kid is sick, they shouldn't be allowed on the bus. Okay, so already, right off the top. I'm going to call bullshit on that. (laughs) Yeah, right off the top, you're going to have... You're going to have to trust the parents of the children in your kid's class or not even in your kid's class necessarily on your kid's school bus. So right off the top, first thing in the morning, you better hope and pray that people are actually monitoring their children. Okay, that's step one. I don't trust it. There's parents who are like, fuck, they got a runny nose, but I have to go to work. I've got a meeting at nine. They're they're going. I don't care. How often it happens in daycare. Um, where, and I know because I worked on and off in a daycare for about 10 years, where people would just hope for the best, like as if the teacher didn't realize that a kid is dripping with snot or has a temperature of 100 degrees, 101 degrees. Like, they, it's noticeable. You need to monitor for it. This is something that's serious. And now it makes me think that I hope people will be more on top of the regular flu once the flu season hits, which will happen, and, and, and colds and things like that, because you can't take any chances. So if your kid's sick, you can't pull that same shit that you did before. They have to be out. Well, the problem here is, if you do make that decision to send your kid to school, even though they have some of the symptoms, if the school detects those symptoms, i.e. maybe a teacher notices, huh, you're sniffling a lot, you got a runny nose, you're going to have to go down to the office and get that checked. Well, the the administrators or the secretaries or the school nurse is going to say, yep, that's a symptom. Okay, so you're going to need to isolate for the rest of the day. So they'll put them in an isolation room, which could end up being a very busy room. I mean, there could be a lot of kids sick on any given day. They're going to go to an isolation room and they won't be allowed on the bus home. So you can send your kid to school on the bus. They might not necessarily be allowed to come back. You would have to go and pick them up. And that's going to be just as big a problem for a lot of parents. It, it, that's going to create issues. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, but I know that there's going to be problems with that. Uh, on the bus, JK, junior kindergarten to grade six, three students per seat. Mm-hmm. Grade seven and eight, two students per seat. High school, one student per seat, unless they're siblings, in which case it'll be two. And it's going to be assigned seats. Okay. Three kids per seat. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Did they always do that or is that new? I think that they must now do it. I don't know. I don't ever remember three people being allowed to sit on one bench. But when you're little, if you can, if you can fit, why not? Right. And they'll be wearing masks on the bus. Is that right? I believe they do yeah, have to wear masks. To. Yes, but under a certain age, I mean, it's hard. It's like those little those little people school buses. Oh my gosh, the little ones. It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. They don't they don't know they don't have bubbles. So yeah, you might as well throw them three to a bench seat because they they can't keep their hands and 
everything else off of one another anyway. Well, somebody pointed something out to me the other day, and I feel like it's important to mention it here where we've got this massive audience of 350,000 plus. Just because it's not mandated, just because it's not mandatory that students from junior kindergarten up to grade four have to wear a mask, there's nothing wrong with telling your kid you're wearing a mask at school. You put this on, you don't take it off unless you're outside at recess or unless you're alone, like you've Mm -hmm. gone to the bathroom or something like that. That's the only time you take off your mask. But you, as a parent, can totally say, even though the school's not making it mandatory, I, as the parent, am making it mandatory. You're wearing a mask. That's all there is to it. You can totally do that. But even though parents have the power to make sure their kid is wearing a mask, and even though parents have the power to do distance learning and not actually send their kid to school, still a lot of opposition to this. And and I'm not going to – we're getting long on time here, so I'm not going to go into that today. But I've got so many great comments on Mm -hmm. my Facebook from like just real rants like this is bullshit. Has has Doug Ford and Stephen Lecce ever been in a school and blah, blah, blah. Every single person that I've asked though – can't answer this question what would you do what would Mm -hmm. you do yeah if you were the education minister and the decision was yours what would you do and there's some people who say well i'd cut the class sizes to 15 where the fuck are all those kids supposed to go well you know one person said well why don't they just make all the high school kids distance learn and, and send all the the elementary kids to the high schools do you know the logistical challenges of taking it, it's not as simple as half the kids at school get a letter and say, "Okay, don't come to this building anymore. You're going to go to that building." Yeah. It doesn't work like that. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done in a school. You, you can't just send them to a different place. Somebody said, "Well, rent out a, a, a community center." Even if a, what is there thirty different classrooms per school, roughly about thirty, sure. including the portables. So if you cut all those in half, that means you need to rent out thirty rooms. Per school, mm-hmm. there's 15,000 schools. Where are you going to rent out that many rooms? It doesn't work that way. So, I mean, hey, I, I'm worried for you. I know there's people in a shitty situation that need to go back to work. Sure. I get it. And you're wrestling with this. I just don't like the whole, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But you're going to send them anyway, and yeah. you don't have another solution. If I flat out ask you, what would you do? You don't have an answer to that. Or do you? If you do, let us know. I'll read it in the podcast tomorrow. I promise you. Are we going to have strict rules and and just like a a guideline that's very um, straightforward when it does come to when, I'll say if, but when um, somebody catches COVID in a school? Because then there's a lot of questions, right? So does that whole school bus then have to quarantine if they're on a school bus? Does that entire classroom have to quarantine if they're in the class, same class as the person who did test positive, does the I, teacher then have to do it? I mean, there's a lot of questions because it's like a domino effect, really. Sure. I think it depends on the grade and things like that and how well they can do the contact tracing. I think you're going to be told if someone in a classroom, for example, tests positive, everyone in the class, including the teacher, is going to know there was a positive test. That person is now withdrawn from the classroom. They have to do their two weeks of self-isolation. Everybody else has to self-monitor for symptoms. And if you start to experience symptoms, then you need to get tested. Having said that, if you want to, for your own peace of mind, go get tested now, by all means, go get tested now. 
So I think that's how it's going to go, but they may change that. I'm also thinking there's a second wave. We may be completely wasting our time here because October, November, December, January, we might be shut down again anyway. So hopefully people can have a little bit of confidence in the next bout of distance learning because part of the problem here is there's a lot of people who are thinking, "Mm, I don't really want to keep my kid home because I have to work from home myself and it's an insane amount of work to homeschool my kid it was never really about homeschooling it was supposed to be distance learning and there were some teachers who knocked it out of the park who did such a great job engaging their kids and taking advantage of that d2l technology and so on and so forth but there were some that completely shit the bed and didn't do anything for distance learning and kids didn't get much out of it in the spring so i know there's a lot of parents who are not looking forward to part two coming this fall or winter So uh, there's a lot of work to be done here. But for now, I think they kind of have to take a chance and see what happens because there's people getting told, "Eh, September 8th, you're coming back to work. That's when we're going to reopen the office because it's offices that are reopening too. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Hopefully it works out. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to reach us, Scott Fox on air on Instagram or Cat on air. That's Cat with a K. Is there anything else? Uh, I think that's it. Have yourselves a great day, everybody.